It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to them, older than one. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Oh, yeah, I love this. My last show of 2023 and my favorite Christmas song, Little Mariah Carey. Man, do we have a packed show. I can't believe everything we're going to try to fit into this show just because it is the final show for me of the year. Now, we've got some great fill-in hosts that will be taking care of you all week long here on the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Got John Nolan coming up over the next couple of days. And then Thursday and Friday, it is the coach, Shannon Griffith. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We're glad you're taking some time out of your Monday to join us. It does seem like a lot of people have already booked town or or uh, decided to use the final couple of weeks of vacation time. Because I noticed this morning, got up, hit the roads at my normal morning rush hour and would usually encounter... Some backups at stoplights. There was almost no traffic on the roads this morning. It was very quiet. It's been a fairly quiet day on the roads. But, uh, of course, we've got a little bit of uh, seasonal snowflakes just to kind of put you into the Christmas mood because you realize Christmas Day is only one week away. One week from today, it is officially Christmas Day. Awesome. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, we got a little bit of the white stuff falling outside, and uh, we're nice and cozy inside, and uh, yeah, I'm, our, I'm ready for the holidays. At, yeah, we've got, uh, now for those of you that are joining us on Facebook, we are at facebook.com slash 1380thefan. You can see that Adam has actually done some decorating of the studio to add a little bit of a Christmas theme to to our broadcast today. We've got lights. Do the lights even show up on the... Uh, oh, yeah. Do they? Yeah, okay. you can see them. Uh, we've got some Christmas lights in here. We've got, uh, what is that Santa that we've got back here? Is that Santa Randolph? or? or? Uh, it's uh, Julius Randall Claus. Randall. Randall. Why did I say Randolph? Randall Claus. Okay. Julius Randall Claus. We've got him on the, the board. <laughs> He's hanging out with us. He's hanging out doing the, uh, the background on the show today. <laughs> But you can actually watch today's show because it is streaming live right now. Facebook.com slash 1380thefan. And also, if you ever miss any part of the show, you can always catch up because we've got our our podcast page available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that be Apple, uh, maybe Spotify or one of the others. You can always search for us, The Sports Rush with Brett Rump. And uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post our show each and every day within an hour after the show's conclusion. Coming up on this show, it is Monday, so we've got Don Fisher joining us in hour number two, our 15 minutes with Fish. And in fact, it is the last 
last visit with Don Fisher of 2023. We got to give Fish a holiday break, too. Yeah, he's he's going to be on a holiday break. Of course, he's not going to do the show on Christmas. No. Christmas morning called up. Don, <laughs> ready to talk a little lie you? How you doing, Don? Yeah. Uh, so, and then the following week, the Monday is January 1st, and we're going to push him over to Tuesday, January 2nd. So, we will have Don our next time on January 2nd at 520, which is a Tuesday, but it is our first day back. It's his first day that he's available to do um, to do the uh, the live shot. So so anyway, we'll have Don Fisher today. And of course, plenty to talk about with Indiana basketball. We've got Purdue basketball. Uh, we've got college football news with a big coaches hiring today that impacts one of our local colleges significantly. Um, also, NFL football. We've got a three-way tie at the top of the AFC South. Whoever expected that there would be a three-way tie and the Tennessee Titans, who are the fourth team in the division, would not be a part of the three-way tie. Yeah. I mean, before the season, if you said there'll be a three-way tie for first with three games left and Tennessee won't be one of the three, you'd have probably been laughed out of the, the studio. But... uh but that's the situation we have. Houston, under a first-year coach, under a first-year quarterback, and they're 8-6. and six. The Colts, under a first-year quarterback that isn't even playing, <laughs> which means you play a backup quarterback, uh, a first-year coach, and they're tied with Jacksonville. And then Jacksonville, who lost yesterday under Trevor Lawrence and a pretty good roster, uh, they they fell to eight and six with that loss to the Baltimore Ravens last night. Four six eight six two Sparkview Sports Medicine text line. That's the way you connect with the show. Uh, what a great Saturday of college basketball. I mean, even though we did have the Colts playing on Saturday, I was locked into college hoops. I watched every minute of the Indiana game, and then I ended up watching every minute of the Purdue game. Although I didn't get a chance to see every minute of it as it happened. Because I had to go over to the Gate Center because the Mastodons were playing. But what a job by the young guards of the Purdue Boilermakers. Everybody wants to feel like it's Zach Eady or bust. If Zach Eady doesn't dominate, Purdue can't win. Look what happened last year in the NCAA tournament. Well, yesterday or Saturday, Purdue showed that they don't have to rely on just Zach Eady. Now, he's still a significant part of their offense. Make no uh, bones about it. In fact, a lot of the shots that Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith were getting were the result of Zach Eady and some kickout passes. Now, Zach Eady ended up uh, for the game with five assists, which actually I think led the Boilermakers. I think Zach Eady had the most assist for the Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah. He had 22 points, nine rebounds, five assists. But Fletcher Lawyer really kind of set the tone in this one. He got the crowd into it. He brought the emotion. 11 of 18 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. I think he hit four of his first six from distance in the first half. Uh, he had four assists. Braden Smith, who uh, you're hearing more and more chatter about Braden Smith and a possible All-American. He was 9 of 15 from the field, 4 of 7, three-point shots. But the thing about Braden Smith is when you need the dagger, you need the big shot at the big moment, it seems like he's the guy that can step up and hit it for you. Ice in the veins, as they say. And that's something for a sophomore. 
And uh, the two sophomore guards combined to score 53 points. Lawyer netted 27. Braden Smith scores 26. And the Purdue Boilermakers knock off previously top-ranked Arizona 92-84. to And so, breaking news, Adam. Do we have our breaking news sounder? Guess who's number one again at the top of the polls? Leapfrogging the Kansas Jayhawks, who just were not impressive enough against the Indiana Hoosiers. The Purdue Boilermakers are your number one team in the country. Not only is Purdue number one, Kansas number two, but Houston has snuck up into that number three spot. And I think is Arizona now number four? Is that where they fell to? Uh, but Purdue is the number one team. Who's up next for Purdue? Jacksonville? Oh, they got to win that. Because they don't, they don't, they don't play anybody other than that one non-conference game, right? Um, they have Jacksonville on the 21st, and then on the 29th, they'll play Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, but that's next week. Yes. All I'm saying oh, is, you just can want they this hold week? on to number one for for two weeks? Gotcha. Because it seems like the history with Purdue is you get number one, and you give it up like a week later. So all they got to do is beat Jacksonville. And I say that, and let's see what happens. That's Thursday night, right? Do we have that... Uh, 1221. Uh, yep, Thursday night. Why isn't it? It's on oh, the that's last week. Okay. So oh, we don't have the updated schedule. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure, why is it not on our schedule? I'm looking at last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we actually, Thursday, have to break away from Sports Rush. We will be carrying at that At 5.30. Game. Yep. I, I remember the notes now. 5.30, we break away from Sports Rush to get to the Purdue radio pregame show and 6:30 is the tip for the Purdue Boilermakers and the Jacksonville do you know what they are the Jacksonville what they're the Dolphins I was going to say Dolphins you didn't let me get it oh well <laughs> you got to be quick on this show you got to be quick Jacksonville we got a lot to cover I can't sit here and wait for you to come up with the answer I'm making you go that fast on trivia next yeah. time you do it yeah ja- <laughs> <laughs> give me an answer now and <laughs> It's like, uh, wait, I haven't even said anything. Uh, uh, but it's the Jacksonville Dolphins. Yep. That, that game will be right here. 1380 the fan, 100.9 FM. But impressive win for the Boilermakers. And, uh, you know, you start getting the guard play they're getting. Of course, they always play tough defense. I thought their defense, again, was exceptional against Arizona. And even though you end up with a 92-84 to 84 game, you would think, Oh, it's a shootout. Nobody's playing defense. It wasn't that kind of game. I thought both teams played hard defensively. I think you just had so many skilled offensive players that they're going to get their points. Look at the NBA right now. All the teams scoring 120, 130, 140. Ask the Knicks. Look what they just gave up to the Los Angeles Clippers. And tonight, yeah, I won't say anything because tonight the Pacers have the Clippers, and we know the Pacers aren't exactly known for their defense. I'd also like to say that was the second game of a back-to-back for the Knicks, and we had beaten the Phoenix Suns a previous night. Uh, I think the Clippers played back-to-back too, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you didn't care. Uh, you, had to, you had your excuse prepared. You didn't even have to look up what the Clippers had to do. Doesn't matter. But tonight it's the Clippers down in Indy against the Pacers. They return home, but they return home beaten and worn down. They had a long road trip. It ended Saturday night with a beat down at the hands of Minnesota. And now they're back at home and they welcome Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers, who, by the way, haven't lost a game in December. They are a perfect 7-0 and in the month of December. 
So they've got a seven-game winning streak coming into Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Pacers may or may not have Tyrese Halliburton, may or may not have Miles Turner. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not expecting much because I think the Pacers need about three or four days off is what they need. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Was not a back-to-back for the Clippers. <laughs> I did the research. <laughs> now you look. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, Saturday, Indiana did everything they needed to do but win. I told you what, what I thought the keys to the game w- was going to be for Indiana against Against Kansas. I said, first of all, they've got to bring their defensive effort. We haven't seen it consistently. They've got to come out and they've got to really establish a tone and play really hard defensively. And I thought they did. Uh, I said, they can't live on three and a half, three to three and a half threes. They got, and I was like, they don't have to make 10 or 11, but they need to have about six or better. And they got six threes. And I don't think you can expect a whole lot more than that from this Indiana roster. Trey Galloway, I said, when is he going to show up? The the, uh, Hoosiers need Trey Galloway. Well, he showed up in a big way on Saturday, 28 points, 11 of 17 for the field, which doesn't even seem like he's taken 17 shots this year. And he took 17 of them on Saturday. He was two for four long distance. uh, And the the Hoosiers built a 13-point second-half lead at home with a very raucous Assembly Hall crowd. I mean, everything was set. The stage was perfectly prepared. Uh, It's like you go somewhere for a nice dinner and you've got a beautiful table setting, a great centerpiece, and you just know the meal's going to be fantastic. And then someone serves some like undercooked burgers or something. You know, it's it's like everything was perfect until all of a sudden the last five or six minutes happened and and the Hoosiers turned the ball over. They missed a couple of shots. Uh, a couple of layups. They got inside. I think uh, Renew missed a layup. I, I think uh, Ware might have missed a layup. I think uh, Galloway had a driving shot. He threw up there, or was that, uh, or was that Cup? Somebody had a driving shot, but they just couldn't get a really good, solid possession and finish it with points. And uh, they ended up being whooped over uh, a pretty good stretch there. And Kansas came back from being down thirteen. And ended up winning the ball game. And uh, that was tough. That was tough for the Hoosiers. Um, because uh, they needed that one. 46862. Parkview Sports Medicine text line. 46862. Do you think they just kind of came out uh, guns blazing a little bit too hard and then kind of uh, deflated in the second half? I, I think a, pro- a part of the problem was it takes tremendous effort, every possession, to defend a team as good as Kansas. They're good at every position. You've got a physical player inside, Hunter Dickinson, uh, and I think Indiana wore down. And I don't like that as an excuse because as a college player, you should be in good enough condition that if you've got to go all 40, you go all 40. Some games may be more than 40, and you've got to be the better team. And so the challenge when you're conditioning is to always be the better conditioned team because when the game's on the line, what is it? It's not the first minute. It's usually the 40th minute or the 48th minute or 50th minute, (laughs) depending if it's overtime, double overtime. Yeah. But, But the point is... That's when you want to be better than your opponent. And both teams played their starters very heavy minutes. In fact, Kansas only used their bench for 23 minutes. Indiana used their bench for 37 minutes. 
uh, and the majority of the points all came from the starting five for both sides. But um, but I think Indiana did show signs of fatigue, and I think a lot of it is you know the adrenaline of that crowd. Uh, it pumps you up, and you're burning that energy. And all of a sudden, when the game gets tight, the crowd gets quiet, and you get tense. You just tighten up. You lose that adrenaline, and they didn't play as well down the stretch. And uh, Kansas played like a team that believed they were going to win, that came in with great confidence as the number two ranked team in the country, and being at uh, Assembly Hall didn't phase them. They showed some toughness. And so uh, Kansas gets the victory over Indiana. But now, now the question I've got for Don Fisher, if the committee were to meet today, does Indiana have anything on their resume that they can say, we deserve to be in? I mean, you can't go to the net rankings, can't go to the RPI, can't uh, look at marquee victories, can't look at your uh, quadrant one victories, uh, can't can't even look at some of the matchups you've had against top-ranked teams. You know, 20-point loss to Connecticut, 20-point loss, 20-point plus loss to Auburn, uh, and then you blow a 13-point lead down the stretch to Kansas at home. I, I don't think Indiana's in. Right now, I don't think you could justify putting Indiana into the NCAA tournament. So what that means is Indiana's got the pressure of having to prove themselves to the committee during a Big Ten season against what I think is a down year among Big Ten competition. So I don't know that you're going to pick up a lot of marquee wins or a lot of a lot of wins that give you big boosts in the net rankings or anything else because I think the the, the Big Ten is down. And so I think Indiana's put themselves in a really tough spot. I think you had to have at least one of those three to at least give you something and then build on it in the Big Ten. Indiana, I think, is going to have a struggle to uh, to make it into the tournament. And I know there's a lot of basketball still to be played. We shouldn't jump to anything probably in mid-December when we've got until mid-March. But your non-conference season is about over. And your victories over Moorhead State and North Alabama isn't going to be the differences between getting into the tournament or not getting into the tournament. So I, I think Indiana really wasted an opportunity. They're going to regret when the committee is meeting in March, I, I think Indiana, if they end up in the bubble, they've got a lot to be nervous about. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Uh, also, want to get this in here before we go to break. Troy has made a decision on their next head coach. And now Notre Dame is going to be looking for a third offensive coordinator in the last three years. That's right. If you connect the dots, Troy is hiring Notre Dame offensive coordinator Jared Parker as their new head coach. Now, there were questions whether Notre Dame was going to retain Parker. Well, now that decision has been made for them. Troy hiring Parker as the head coach, which means there will be a new offensive coordinator at Notre Dame next season. I don't think that's all that troubling because Notre Dame's also going to be in their third different starting quarterback in three years. So what's the difference? If you're changing offensive coordinator and you're changing quarterback, you know, they come in as a pair, they leave as a pair. At least the offensive coordinator is not skipping the bowl game. Well, maybe now he is. I don't know if Jared Parker is going to coach the bowl game now, but but the point is uh, you don't sit out the bowl game because you're worried about your NFL draft future. But 
But anyway, that uh, that news came down today. I saw first reported by Chris Vanini, but it was being kind of rumored that he was at the top of Troy's list. But the first one I saw that actually said Jared Parker's being hired by Troy to become their next head coach, Chris Vanini was the first one that I saw posted. Let's get all caught up. What's happening elsewhere in the world of sports today? It's today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right. Thanks, Brett. Well, you were talking about how <clears throat> how good Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer were for Purdue. Well, Fletcher Lawyer was named the Big Ten Player of the Week today. Uh, he tallied 27 points, four steals, and three assists to lead Purdue to that 92-84 win over then number one Arizona. Uh, it is his first Player of the Week award. He's been pretty good since I said that maybe he shouldn't start. <laughs> that was brilliant. Bulletin board Brett, as yeah. I say. Well, former Indiana head coach Tom Allen is expected to become the next defensive coordinator at Penn State. The deal is in the process of being finalized and should be official in the upcoming days, sources said. Allen will be replacing Manny Diaz, who left to become the head coach at Duke. <clears throat> After an ejection for a hard hit on Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. on Saturday, Steelers safety DeMonte Casey has been suspended for the final three games of the regular season without pay for repeated violation of rules meant to protect the health and safety of players, the NFL announced today. The suspension also includes any potential playoff games for the Steelers. Yeah, the uh, the NFL has decided enough is enough. He, this is what his third his third situation I think he's had this year, and so they finally just decided you haven't gotten the message when we tried to play nice, so now your season's done. One more for you. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner, is headed to the NFL draft and will skip the Tigers' upcoming bowl game. Daniels, who spent two years at LSU after transferring from Arizona State, announced his departure today on social media. LSU is set to face Wisconsin in the ReliaQuest Bowl on January 1st in Tampa, Florida. You know, I think I've got a, a great idea. They should take all these quarterbacks that are opting out of their bowl games and some really smart bar and grill that has TVs where they encourage people to come and watch games. They should do a commercial and have all these guys hanging out together watching the bowl games. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, say, uh, you know, something about the fact that so-and-so is not on the field and then they cut to the bar and he's hanging out with his buddies all watching the game. All right, there you go. Today's top headlines. That is Adam Lundy. Once again, we're on Facebook. You can actually watch the show today by going to facebook.com slash 1380thefan. Coming up on the show, uh, another tough Monday. We lost someone else from the sports world much young uh also got some don's basketball from the weekend the pacers they just barely limped across the finish line of that long road trip and the nfl now has a log jam at the top of the afc south we'll tell you what the situation is and what's ahead of the three teams sitting there tied at eight and six including your indianapolis colts busy day here on the sports rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big one coming up this week as the Mastodons take a midweek trip to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to take on the Pitt Panthers. Mastodons will enter Pitt with an 11-1 record after they destroyed Bethune-Cookman in the second half on Saturday night at the Gate Center. 
a game that the Dons trailed by as many as six points with about six minutes left in the first half, but they uh, they flipped the switch. Bethune-Cookman came out, played really well early, and it's one of those things where basketball game's 40 minutes for a reason, and uh, for about... For about 14 minutes of it, Bethune-Cookman was playing really, really well. Hitting shots, hitting threes, which they don't normally do. They were uh, getting to the basket, which normally the Dons are pretty good at, at taking away penetration. Uh, they they were playing above themselves. And that's what happens when you're 11-1 and one, or going into that game 10-1, and one, is the teams all of a sudden realize they need to elevate their game. They need to do something special if they're going to beat you on your home court, and they come in ready to play. And uh, Bethune-Cookman gave the Dons everything they could handle that first 14 minutes. But here's the thing, Adam. I I watched FAU versus St. Bonaventure on Saturday and saw a lot of the similar things uh, in that game where St. Bonaventure was, was really playing hard. And they were taking things away from FAU. And they were doing things that they normally don't get done on the offensive end. And St. Bonaventure stayed ahead almost that whole first half. FAU then controlled the second half, much like the Mastodons did on Saturday night. Uh, We'll talk more about that game coming up. Once again, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1380thefan. Be sure you look us up today. Check out the show Leave your comments, and of course, we've still got the text line open at 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Did have one question I know that came in from our first segment, Adam. Yeah, somebody texted in to 46862. They asked, can they make it part of a a student's player's NIL deal uh, contingent on playing in bowl games? You have to be careful about that because that is play for pay if you start putting restrictions on what they you know how many games they play and whether or not they're there to play you know the the nil the purpose of it at least how it originated was that the ncaa was making or schools were making tons of money off the sale of merchandise off the then you know name image and likeness right they were using the players to sell television contracts to sell jerseys even to sell tickets and uh, it was supposed to be that the players should get a chunk of that. If you're going to use their names, their jerseys, their jersey numbers, and you're going to sell it, they should get a chunk of that. Now, it's, you know, it, there's been a cloud around it where, you know, now you get money to do charitable things and, and all this. But if you actually force someone to play a game contingent upon them receiving NIL funds, I can tell you where that would end up. And it would be the courts. And we, we've had enough court cases over this already. Uh, so I don't think you could really do that. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line if you've got any questions, comments, or suggestions. Now, I'm getting tired of this, Adam. This is two Mondays in a row. We've had to talk about someone who has passed, who has been very important in the sports community, or somebody that we all know in the sports community, and they've passed too young. Last week, it was cancer claiming the life of 63-year-old Michael Franke. And I will say the Comets did a great job this weekend paying tribute to Michael, uh, not only with three wins over Utah on the ice. I mean, that's that right there is the best way to pay tribute to Michael, is oh, go yeah. out and play well. And win. Because nobody 
Nobody felt worse about a team's performance when they didn't play well or didn't bring it on a night for the fans as Michael Franke. And you could hear that frustration on Saturday mornings when he would join Jim Shevlin on Talking Sports. But uh, they brought it all three nights. They got three wins against Utah. And I know Utah is not one of the best teams in the league, but you also... You know, beating beating a team three times in a row is still difficult, no matter what the level of competition. And the Comets went out, got that job done. Uh, beautiful service that was held at St. Peter's on Saturday. So many of the former Comets and uh, current Comets that, uh, and even people around the sport of hockey nationally that that made it into town to be part of that. Uh, but, but last week we, we had to share that Michael Franke had, uh, had lost a, a fight against cancer at the age of 63. And a similar story this week at just 52 years old, Eric Montross, former Lawrence North basketball star, went on to play at North Carolina. Uh, he received a cancer diagnosis apparently as recently as March of 2023. So, what is that? That's uh, nine months ago. And it was announced by his family and put out by North Carolina that Eric Montross has passed away, just 52 years old. And uh, for those that don't remember the days or playing days of Eric Montross, he was a big. He was a traditional big. Uh, a guy almost seven feet tall that uh, won a state championship at Lawrence North as a junior and went on to have great success at North Carolina. Uh, everybody that uh, that posted today talked about what a wonderful person he was, that he could be a real bulldog and a tough guy on the court, but away from the court, he was as nice a human being as you'd ever meet. And it just sucks to have to tell these kind of stories on Mondays, that uh, somebody in our sports world loses their life and their time here on earth ends at just 52 Years old. Damn cancer. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Let us know if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions. We'll tell you more about the Dons, the Pacers, and what are the Colts' chances to actually finish the deal and get to the playoffs? We've got it all coming up here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Listen live at 1380thefan.com. Welcome back to The Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy, and this is going to be it for me for 2023. But we have some guest hosts lined up for the rest of the week. We're going to have John Nolan sitting in the next two days. I've already told him, Adam, and I want to make sure you hold him up to this. Don't let him forget. Don't let him, uh, you know, <laughs> try to find a way to back out. You know, Griff, Griff somehow didn't have to do. It is Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia Day tomorrow. All right. And John Nolan needs to challenge one of our listeners to a good round of Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. We'll, uh, we'll put him on the spot. We'll make, uh, we'll make him do it. By the way, uh, also the other thing is don't let him talk for two hours about Kyle McCord transferring to Syracuse because we <laughs> might end up with that tomorrow. Uh, we got to watch the lead oh, story. Yeah, those Syracuse guys. Uh, the man. Syracuse Orange, man. They're picking up Kyle McCord out of Ohio State. That's big. Yeah. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Any questions, comments, or suggestions? Also, check us out. 
We are coming at you video style with Christmas decorations. Well, we have one strand of lights. But hey, that's, that's, yeah. You know, a couple of guys, that's what we end up doing and calling it Christmas decorations. But you can check it out by watching our video. It is streaming live right now. Yep, absolutely live. You can watch the show at facebook.com slash 1380thefan. And you probably have to go find it because you know how Facebook is. They don't want to deliver it to anybody. Wouldn't want to help out anybody. But it's like hanging out with us for the holidays here yeah. on the Facebook. You're yeah. just uh, just one of the guys here yeah, in the just, studio. Just chilling, taking in the beautiful Christmas decorations. One strand of lights. And Julius Randall Claus. And Julius Randall Claus on the board. <laughs> also, I don't know, can they see? Can they see our... Uh, our whiteboard with all the one loss records. I'm not sure. And I also don't know if it's flipped. Sometimes you know yeah. how they get reverse. But uh, we also have a board here in the studio that's behind me. Oh, we got, uh, we actually have John Nolan watching us on the oh, Facebook okay. Live. Okay. He probably caught that little thing about uh, McCord to Syracuse and, he did. and telling you to not talk about it all day tomorrow. <laughs> uh, all right. So 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine Text Slide 46862. Mastodons make it 11 and 1 on the season. This now ties them with the best all-time start in Mastodon's basketball program history. At least I believe so. And John Nolan could correct me if I'm wrong, because last time I tried to say something like that, I think I was wrong. <laughs> uh, but uh, their net ranking is now 74. Their RPI has jumped up to 72. And their Ken Palm number which, remember, started preseason at over 300. It has now dropped to 149. Uh, but um, and, and the way Ken Palm works, it's a little different because Ken Palm comes up with a projected score of every game, and then it actually weights you not only by that opponent, who they've played, and then who they end up playing down the road, but it also uh, figures if you're supposed to win by 12 and you win by 10, that's not good enough, and they ding you. And you end up falling. Well, the Mastodons were supposed to win, I think, by 16 on Saturday night. And they won by 23. So that helped them. And I think they moved up like three or four spots. But uh, they've uh, they've had a pretty good run here uh, so far this season. 11-1 um, after the, uh, the win. Now, here's some national rankings right now for Purdue-Fort Wayne. This is national rankings. That means... This is against every one of those big name schools. You want to you want to talk Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona, Purdue, anybody? It's the entire list of Division One basketball teams. Total wins for the season. Mastodons are tied with others with eleven. Nobody has twelve. Number one team in the country in turnover margin. They take care of the basketball. They're averaging under ten turnovers a game. But they also force their opponents into a high number of turnovers. And the turnover margin makes them number one in the country. By the way, do you know who is number two? It would be Houston, a team that gets recognized all the time for their defensive pressure and how they force opponents into mistakes. Uh, they're number 11 in the country in steals per game. They're number 11 in the country in scoring margin. They score about 87 points per game and give up about 66. 
They are number 12 in the country in points per game at 86.8 points per game. Number 17 in the country in fewest turnovers at 9.6 per game. And remember, when you talk about 17th in the country, this is out of 362 teams. They are number 19 in the country in team three-point percentage at 39.1%. They're the 22nd best shooting team in the country at 49.7% from the field. And they are 25th in the country in three-point field goals per game. Uh, they also have Quentin Morton Robertson, who is the seventh best individual three-point shooter in the country. And, oh, by the way, he's a 5'8 guard. <laughs> Very impressive stats. So they've... Uh, They've been doing it pretty well so far this year. And we got a big one coming up on Wednesday. That's oh, yeah. why I'll be gone. I'll be on a bus. Coach Kaufman, a little surprised when we did the postgame interview on Saturday. I don't know <laughs> if you had a chance to catch that, Adam. No, I was doing comments. He thought that maybe the trip to Pittsburgh was over my time limit, that I would would uh, I would pass it off to Nolan. Uh-huh, uh-huh, but you didn't. He said, it's like a five-hour trip. You understand that before we put you on the bus and have you complain at four and a half hours. I said, uh, nope, I'm good. I'm good. It's Pittsburgh. It also does depend who you play. I'm willing to take five hours to go to Pitt yeah. and, and play uh, the Pitt Panthers. But uh, but then the, the key is going to be that it's not over five hours getting back because I'll be in a heap of trouble if I don't get back in five hours. That's the most important part. you got to uh, get down to uh, Florida. i got to get down to Florida. i got a 6 o'clock flight on Thursday morning, and we're going to depart around somewhere around 10 Ish, ish on on uh, Wednesday night from Pittsburgh. So if I get back at three three thirty, I'll be good because I'll just be able to to pack up a new suitcase and head down to Florida uh, or get to the airport and then head to Florida. But um, but yeah, if it ends up you know, and that's why I keep watching the weather and it looks like the weather is going to clear by the time we get to Wednesday. So I should be okay. But that Wednesday night game against Pitt is going to be right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, starting with the pregame show at 645. Uh, you know another thing that's pretty impressive about this team? What's that? Balanced scoring. Definitely. Uh, nobody has to get theirs. They share the ball, and as a result... They've got four guys that average between 12.9 points per game and 15 points per game. Uh, Rashid Bello, the uh, transfer who just came in this year, averages 15.0. Anthony Roberts, 14.9. Jalen Jackson, 14.7. And Quentin Morton Robertson, 12.9. So, uh, and in fact, on Saturday, all five starters were in double figures because Eric Mulder also chipped in a dozen. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an impressive team. If you haven't seen them, you should get tickets because after they go to Pitt, they're going to be home for a couple of key Horizon League games on December 29th and 31st. Both of those games will be at the Gates Center where it's just a, a fabulous environment, number one. But number two, it's the cheapest sports ticket, I think, in town. Division one conference college basketball, and I think reserve seats are 13 bucks. And uh, even the upper level, which is like, they're, they're like prime seats if you go to Assembly <laughs> yeah. Hall or Mackey. Even those are 10 bucks. And then, and then there's free parking, no cost to park the car. 
the concessions are put on by one of the other sports clubs, and they're usually I think it's like two or two fifty or something for a for a pop. Yeah, it's it's a great bargain. It's a fun time. So come on out. December 29th and 31st will be the next two home games for the Mastodons. Um, Pacers tonight, they are back at home, finally, at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. But it has been one grueling, long road trip. You know, as bad as it was, they get to the end of the road trip, and when they go to leave Washington, I don't know if you heard about this, Adam, they had plane issues and ended up being grounded couldn't fly out of Washington till the next day. And I saw that the Pacers actually had to land in Minnesota and go straight to the arena. That's how bad it was. That's and, crazy. Uh, and then play against <laughs> the team with the best record in the uh, in the league, uh, at least in the West, in the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so uh, what a way wow. to end the road trip. And we're, we're still kind of waiting for tonight to see the status of Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton, Miles Turner, both considered questionable tonight. Yeah, it uh, it may be a short. And, you know, it's one of those things where the Pacers may have to lose a couple games to get back on track. And it's, it's a sad fact. They've got tired players. And you're not going to get any less tired if you keep playing every other night. And that's the way their schedule has been for the last week. But uh, tonight, the Pacers at home against PG-13 and the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh. And the Clippers come in as maybe the hottest team in the NBA. Winners of seven straight. They have not lost a game in this month. They have not lost a December game. Seven straight wins. In fact, in those seven, it's not like they, they picked on all the Houstons and Detroits of the world. They actually have beaten the Warriors twice. They beat Denver. They beat the Sacramento Kings. And on Saturday, as you're well aware, Adam, they won in New York against the Knicks. It was in L.A. Oh, was that in L.A.? That's okay. Okay. I was trying to make it even more dramatic. <laughs> I was I was guessing. I had a 50-50 chance there to get it right. It's all good. Yeah, we're on a little bit of a West Coast road trip right now. It's uh, it's kind of like my, my bets. Although, over the weekend... Yeah, yeah, a little Christmas shopping cash. I like uh, it. Yeah, I had a five for six day. Nice. That was much better. Much better. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good coin. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> three-way tie atop the AFC South. Oh, Unbelievable man. that we're this late in the season, and you've got the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans all sharing the top spot Oh. At 8-6. Oh, man. After the Jacksonville Jaguars dropped a game last night at home to the Baltimore Ravens, who I still can't believe how good Baltimore has played. I did not, you know, <laughs> that's one of those where Brett was wrong. Yeah, it was on the Ravens because I did not think the Ravens were going to even be a playoff team. And here they are, probably going to be the number one seed in the AFC. They got a big road win against Jacksonville. And so... It comes down to the, the final stretch. Up next for the Colts, they have a road trip to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Probably the worst possible time because the Falcons just lost to the Carolina Panthers. And you don't like to take on teams that have embarrassing losses, especially when they're, you know, in the, they're in the hunt for the AFC South because anybody that can get to 500 is probably going to win that division. And the Falcons just fell a game behind because they lost head-to-head to the Panthers. So you know they're going to be pretty ticked off at home. 
Probably not the best, most ideal scenario for the Colts to be heading into that kind of a situation, but it's what you got to do when it's playoff time, right? When you're fighting for a playoff spot, that's what you expect. That's right. I was really hoping that the Titans would get the win uh, yesterday over the Texans with Case Keenum in yeah. and, and kind of free up a little bit of space here at the top of the AFC South. But uh, by the way, I've been I got to talk about NFL picks because I've been gambling a little bit, trying yeah. to outsmart you and trying to pick some. That's how's that going there? Not going well. In fact, I have not only not caught up to you, I've lost ground against you. But Caleb Hatch has passed me now, and I am third in the standings among the four of us here that host radio shows daily. Yes, very upset. Very upset. I'm so so upset. That's it, Adam. I'm walking out (laughs) at 6 o'clock, and I'm not coming back till January. You were going to do that anyway. I know I was. All right, we've, we've got to take a break. Coming up in our next hour, plenty of talk about Purdue and their big win over Arizona. How good can this Purdue team be? Are they the best in the country? Are they the national favorite? Also, I'm going to give you a couple of other teams that I can tell you right now. I watched them play this weekend. They are legit, L-E-G-I-T. Also, kind of a scary moment yesterday for the Mastodons women. Had a coach collapse on the sideline, and we'll tell you details about that uh, coming up in our next segment.